So um, there's going to be lots of, of movie news to talk about here this evening uh, between the first two episodes of Hawkeye dropping the day before Thanksgiving and uh, we have Spider-Man tickets breaking the internet last night and then Amy Pascal breaking the internet again on Monday with her comments to uh, Fandango. Um, but I wanted to start this evening uh, with a little bit of a, 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 a rant and a message uh, regarding the now confirmed news that Brian Kelly, of the, formerly of the University of Cincinnati and the University of Notre Dame, has agreed to become the new head coach of the Louisiana State University football team. This is a horrible, horrible hire. And it is not based on anything that is even remotely related, related to the football field. Wins can come and wins will go. There are several coaches that were bounded about on these lists that will produce those similar same kind of results that Kelly can and probably will down here. But they all had better records as moral, upstanding human beings. They are not, in fact, pieces of human garbage. None of the other coaches on this list allowed a child to die on their watch as a direct result of orders that they gave. No other coach on this list was so smug enough, so arrogant enough as to basically flip off the good fathers of Notre Dame on his way out. This is not a quality hire. It is a quality hire in terms of wins and losses. But given the state of our university at this moment in time, after what the last two, not one, but two head coaches of our Louisiana State University football team have done to the reputation and the, and the, the general standing of our university as it regards to Title IX and towards the treatment of women and student, female student athletes, we needed something better in this hire. We needed something good, something outstanding, something morally just and right. Someone to set the leadership of our university and of our state, because make no mistake about it, he's going to be the highest paid state employee. We needed better leadership from a moral, ethical, and fundamental standpoint. This hire fails that test. And at certain points, if there comes a time when it needs to be about something other than wins and losses on a football field. At a certain point, it has to be about the reputation of the university and the students who put the student in student athlete and making sure that they are put first and foremost on a pathway to success. Brian Kelly is a leader of men in the sense that he leads men onto a football field. He is not a leader of men in terms of leadership and preparing them for the next for the outside world and putting them in positions to succeed. Brian Kelly may win football games at LSU. He may even win a national championship at LSU. But the content of the character of the human being that has been hired is not of the nature of which this university deserves or should tolerate or stand for. We will get an announcement in the next 24 hours officially. He will stand at a podium and he will try and woo anybody and everybody he can. But I'm here to tell you, there are no words that that man can say at a press conference that can win me over. That man can only win me over with actions and with dedicating himself to this community and trying to heal the bridges between the university and athletic department that have been burned time and again over the last 20 years by making sure that academics are indeed an important part of his platform, 
making sure that the academic standards of excellence that other student athlete students are held to uh, at the university is also held to for athletes to make sure that his graduation rate is as good as his draft rate. Those are the things that will help me help win me over and show me that a true change of character has occurred. Sadly, I do not think these things will occur. Sadly, I believe it once again, the ethics and morals of football will trump the ethics and morals of society and he'll win football games. And then eventually he won't win football games. And then eventually he'll piss a bunch of people off in the administration and about four or five years from now, we'll be right back in the same boat again. Once again, spending our Christmas season wondering who the next head coach is going to be. He's not going to go to the NFL. He's not going to go take another college coaching job. He will be, if, if he leaves, it'll be because he did, was not successful at LSU. But the standard of excellence and the standard of success that was set by that 2001 LCC championship team led by Rohan Davey that set the standard for LSU football teams of the last 20 years, that standard is, it has to be maintained and respected by all who come through that institution. And if Brian Kelly can't respect that, if he can't bring the level of, of authenticity and courage of his convictions to this job, then he doesn't need to have it. Okay. Hold on just a second. Yes, sir. Yeah, I'm gonna cut that little part out. But uh I had planned on adding stuff because I knew we were gonna talk to this, but um yeah, you you kind of summed up everything I thought. You even offered him a, a a path to redemption in my eyes with the you know reaching out and doing the right things. Uh that is more you 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 that's why you're a better person than me, because I didn't even think those ways. I'm just like this dude's always gonna be the kid killer to me, but you offered a way to redemption. Now let's see if he takes it. Uh, I don't know if he will. And I do think you're, you're right. It's going to boil down to wins and losses. And in that vein, he's been a winner everywhere he's gone. So I expect him to do the same. But if you're paying him this much money, that means he's got to put skins on the wall. I don't know if he can do that. Um, and he's also six years old so how long does he want to do that is he gonna be like nick that's gonna be here till he's like 75 and you gotta wheel him off i don't know it odds are yeah you're right we're probably one way or another we're back here in like five years either he's not meeting the wins and losses expectation or he's just you know he's gotten old and tired and this job will make you old and tired and, and we're going to be back here in, in five years. I, and if we're back here in five years, I I think that means we're back here in five years with a new AD because he don't get another one after this. I know sometimes you do. I know he's a hometown boy, but this one has to work. If it doesn't work, he don't get no more. He got to go. Well, I mean, the th here's, here's my on-the-field issue with the hire. Um, the man, the la the two primary candidates that we know of uh, were Lincoln Riley, who was basically bought in, <laughs> bought in, paid for in full by the University of Southern California, way above what is you know ethically or morally responsible 
including you know quadrupling the value of someone's home on the farm in Norman. But uh, but on the field, like the two guys that were considered, yes, have all won games. Yes, have all played made playoff appearances. and all have won championships. Um, the problem that you have, however, is that they have not won the one. Um, Oklahoma and Notre Dame have both been embarrassed on public stages by various SEC teams. Um, Brian Kelly's record overall against the SEC is not very good. Uh, his record in playoff games is not very good. So if we're judging based on what might happen or, or we're judging based on what has been done on the field, he has not beaten the best of the best. And until that old man is wheeled off the field in a gurney, the road to a championship goes through Tuscaloosa, Alabama. And if you're not going to win, but once every five years against Nick Saban, that means you're only going to have one season out of five that matches the expectations of the fan base and of your salary. There are people on the, the great plains of College Station, Texas right now, who are very frustrated that they gave Jimbo Fisher another contract extension and reworked the money back in August. Because while he did finally beat Nick, at home, by the way, not in Tuscaloosa, he once again hit the nine-win plateau and couldn't get over the hump. Um, and so there, there's definite frustration there that they're paying the man national championship money and he can't come anywhere near the playoff, much less the SEC championship game. So as long as Saban's there, all things run through Tuscaloosa. And if you can't beat Bama, and he has proven that he has not been able to beat Bama with the top flight NFL quality talent he's been able to get at Notre Dame, by the way, because he basically begged the good priest to start lowering the academic expectations of the university so that he could start recruiting against the Ohio States and the Alabamas of the world because, you know, they didn't do that for previous head coaches. Um, you know, so they lowered the academic expectations for student for, for, for him, and he was able to get quality NFL, NFL quality players to Notre Dame and still couldn't beat Bama. Couldn't beat him in 2012, couldn't beat him last year, couldn't beat him ever. And his record against the SEC sucks, except for the miracle win he had against us in the rain, slop, sleet, and snow of 2017. Two, two wins. And he can't, can't that's not, I get it. I get the 85%, winning 85% of his games. I get looking really good. I get having an outside shot at the playoffs this year. I get all that. But at the same time, man, like you can't like you gotta be in a position where you can win those games. I don't expect a Mark Soups to win those games at Kentucky. I don't. And and Mark Soups may end up leaving Kentucky for Oklahoma, but like what he's done at, at Kentucky was good enough to make him the front runner for the Florida State job last year. I mean, but I don't expect Kentucky to win those games against Alabama and LSU and Georgia. I do expect, however, um, I do expect, however, the coach at Notre Dame to be able to beat Ohio State, to beat Michigan, to beat, um, you know, uh, uh, to beat Georgia Tech, to beat Clemson, to beat, you know, the best of the best, not the Georgia Tech's the best of the best, but, you know, to beat quality competition and not just beat up on Navy every day. Um, so, you know, I, I just, 
I don't think it's a good, I think, don't think with any one of these guys, you can look at the on the field record and say, oh, look, they won 85% of their games. Competition. Lincoln Riley's best win as uh, Oklahoma's head coach was a non-conference win against Ohio State. That's it. That's one. Every time he's gotten in the playoffs, he's lost. Same way Brian Kelly. Brian Kelly's major wins all came earlier in his career. He had Ian Book. He ran the table, got to Dallas, and what happened? Got run out of the building. Like, he can't, can't do this, man. And, and he's going to have more talent. He's going to have a, a stronger recruiting pool to pull from. But, man, we end up in a place where we're in nine, ten games every year. It's not going to be enough to justify the salary and not going to be enough to justify all of the horse hockey that I am pretty sure is going to come. Because the way I look at, at Brian Kelly is the same way I look at Cam Newton. Cam Newton is an amazing quarterback. And when things are going good for Cam Newton, Cam Newton's an awesome guy. Very laughable, very funny, very off the cuff, very ha-ha on the sidelines. And then when things are tough and your team is losing and things aren't as great, you know where Cam Newton is? Over on the side on the bench with a towel over his head, sulking like a little crybaby. That's what I think of when I think of Brian Brian. Um, when I think of Brian Kelly, I think of a guy who enjoys winning, winning at a high level. And when, when he doesn't win, he's a little whiny baby. And if they struggle in his first two years at LSU in any kind of way and adversity hits the fan, he, how he responds to that's going to mean a lot about how he handles this job. And I don't think his personality matches with the fan base. And I don't think it matches with the current administration. Well, I'm going to have to do this thing where I defend Brian Kelly for just a little bit. Um, he didn't, he could not beat Alabama, but I now think that, we. <laughs> well, th- there's that. Um, but I think that goes to show, yeah, he, cho- he closed the talent gap between Notre Dame and the upper programs, but that shows how wide even still that gap was like he rose, he rose Notre Dame to where in their independent status, they can become this 10 win perennial 10 win team. But when they come across those teams that have a clear talent advantage, they're going to lose. That was just how it was going to go. So the, I can see the thinking where he's the most winning, winning this coach in history and whatnot. You give him, the talent pool of LSU and he builds programs, he sustains programs. He'll, he, he should be able to elevate and beat the Alabamas because he'll have better talent and he knows how to maintain a program. I understand, I understand all those things, but so if it was just pure football, just pure football, I understand the hire. I would think it was a good hire. However, like you were saying, it's this involves people and how people are. And people are not perfect and people are messy and all these things. And um, like a point you were getting to is a point that uh, Bomani Jones made on Twitter. It's like he, the, the temperament that he has does not seem to be well suited to be in a place like LSU. Yes, he's gotten better over his time in Notre Dame, but as Bomani pointed out, it's like he got better over time and it's right when they transitioned to winning 10 games a year. 
when they were eight and four and whatnot, he was a jerk. He was an asshole. So it's a matter of did he really did he really get better as a person, or were his or was his situation such that he didn't have to be such the asshole that people didn't like? And if it's if it's the latter, that's not what he's going to deal with here. He's going to have those down years. He's going to be put in frustrating positions. Can he handle it? And if he can't, um, all of football, I mean, at some point, the football stuff stops mattering. And if people don't like you and you're not winning, then you see what happens. And I keep going back. I keep going back to the man that made this hire and his reputation of being the big game hunter. And he has to have, he has to make big splashy hires. And that's what the, like one of the first things that came up after he, after he hired this dude was a, people kept putting this list of all the coaches he's hired and it's all big name coaches. But if you look at that list now, I can't outside of LSU baseball, I don't really know a lot about the going ons of college baseball. So I can't speak to that. Baseball hire. The Joe Johnson did. hire is a very solid hire. But as I mentioned on the podcast last week, um, that they, that he also had, had interviewed the guy from Oregon State, who LSU fans had had problems dealing with a few years before, um, Pat Casey, who, while he he was a two-time national champion, um, also had the whole you know whole thing about letting the kids stay on the field, and that was kind of a blind spot for him. He did, I guess, he didn't know it or thought he could get away with with having the guy fly down and tour the facilities without anybody finding out, but like he got ripped a pretty good new one for that. I think, I mean, I think that speaks to his hubris. I think he thought he can get away with it. And uh, I don't think he listened to much of the outside noise until that happened. And he realized I can't do this one, but the fact that he thought that was a good idea in the first place, that was my first red flag as, okay, he, He's got all this list of names, but I don't, but I think he, I think he can, because he's so infatuated with names or it seems that he's so infatuated with names, he's susceptible to picking the wrong person. And like, I know you are stuff for Kim Mulkey. She's got the skins on the wall. The name is a good hire. We'll see what, we'll see what happens as the thing develops. I do think the women's basketball team has nowhere to go, but up. So we'll see with that. Um, We'll see uh, everything is everyone seems to love the Jay Johnson hire for LSU baseball. And that's, that's fine. I think it sounds like it's good. It probably will be good. If, if, if it goes away, people are thinking, then you get to, um, he got Chris Peterson. Chris Peterson is the one that switched his thinking on hiring and why he started going after big name coaches. And Chris Peterson did bring Washington up to a, another level, uh, did they get that national championship? No, but I think he elevated the program. But as soon as he – and it, we can't talk about what Washington is now because he left, Scott left, can't really say anything. But then he's got Jimbo. And Jimbo was – And Buzz Williams. And, and the jury's still out on Buzz Williams at A&M. Yeah, and I, see, and I don't – I miss him because I don't know much about that. But, yeah, the jury's out. We'll, we'll see. But Jimbo, Jimbo is like – before today, that was his prize jewel. He went, he got Jimbo from Florida State. When he when that happened, 
And we've seen what Florida State has turned into since Jimbo left. It's like, well, so you went got the guy. Yes, he has a national championship. Yes, he's put, uh, what, four quarterbacks into the NFL in the first round. No matter if they flamed out or not, he got them there. Um, but Florida State has been a crater since he left. And a lot of that has to do with, uh, with him. It's still ramifications from him. He gets to AM. Um, the last two years have been the AM has has had the teams that were supposed to do it, the teams that were supposed to make runs. Last year, COVID, I get it. And he only lost one game. He only lost to Alabama. Stick a feather in that. However, I watched him play LSU last year. And while I didn't think LSU had a chance to win because of how bad they were last year, the fact that it was still a game and L- this is A&M's best team and LSU's worst team and it's still a game, I, that's not a great look. It's a repeat this year, except this year, I mean, LSU looked a little bit better. But again, this is supposed to be a and squad. Their defense is great. It's probably the... I mean, we don't play Georgia, so it's probably the best defense we played all year. And and we have half our team is gone, and we were able to beat them with the fired coach. And the and I say all that to say Jimbo was his crown jewel, and Jimbo again was the guy he was going after first. He has this infatuation with Jimbo because he knows Jimbo's the name. It's gonna make the biggest splash if he went and got Jimbo from AM. But what has Jimbo done to justify putting all those resources in it? And it's going to be the same thing with Brian Kelly. Yes, he's the wingest coach, but he doesn't have he doesn't have the the, the hardware that, that Saban has. And if you're going to, once you pay somebody that much, all you're going to do you're you're begging even more for him to be compared to Saban. And I don't, and that's going to bring another that more pressure to this guy. And I don't know. We'll look see at where Dabo is. Look at where Dabo is right now. Dabo finally has not been able to replace his quarterback. It was a seamless transition from Dwayne uh, from uh, Deshaun Watson to to um, uh, Trevor Lawrence to Trevor Lawrence. And now, you know, both those quarterbacks are in the NFL. One's you know in hibernation. The other one is you know trying to find his way but like man you know Clemson was not good this year on either side of the ball and you know if, if I remember very specifically having a lunch at Sun at Sammy's Bar and Grill and I sat across the table and at the table next to me was Johnny Jones and this was this was the year that, that Ben Simmons had committed to LSU. They were getting ready to go, and everybody was excited. And I, and I remember having a conversation with Johnny Jones about how his desire was for Ben Simmons to come to LSU, for them to win and win at a high level, and then for LSU to become a destination place for other one-and-dones. And so then you would basically become the, uh, a Kentucky-like program where you would be in contention every year. Well, we know how that worked out. Ultimately, Ben Simmons didn't want to be here. But, like, I got what Johnny was trying to do and what Johnny thought he was going to do, which say was give himself a job for 10 years based off of one season. But it didn't work out. But that's kind of where that process with quarterbacks happens, too. You have to be able to sustain, sustain success across 
multiple quarterbacks. And they were able, at Clemson, they've been able to go from Taj Boyd to Trevor, uh, to Deshaun Watson to Trevor Lawrence. And so they've had a pretty seamless transition of quarterbacks since they beat us in that, that Peach Bowl um, that year. So now when you take that quarterback situation away, now Dabo's kind of lost. And so are those assistants. And next year's going to be a very pivotal year for Dabo. And I say that, and it sounds crazy, because the man has, like, what, two national championships and played for a third in the last five years. But when you're paid the way that, the, that he is, next right under Saban, when your name is as high profile it is, it is, your reputation is what it is, the more is expected of you. And you can't – this is no longer a program at LSU that is content with winning eight to nine games and playing – in a New Year's Day bowl game. This is now a, a program that at the very least wants to contend for an SEC championship and a national championship at the bare minimum once in four years. Um, and if you're not able to do that, and if you're constantly going to the Outback Bowl or the Capital One Bowl, you know, or the Buffalo Wild Wings Bowl or whatever sponsorship it has now, um, that's not going to be enough for these folks. And so, I mean, Florida just fired a guy who went to multiple New Year's Six Bowl games, you know, after one bad season. Expectations are way outsized in the SEC. And, and I just don't know if he's ready for that. Well, I think, I think shooting for a nine, ten, one season, being, that being the average over like a four-year span and in there, you go make a run in the play for the playoffs and national championship at least once in that four year span. I think that is reasonable. However, that's my expectation. That's my expectation for the baseball program too. This is no longer the Skip Berman years where there's only eight, you know, fifteen teams around the country really pumping money into baseball. Everybody is pumping money into baseball now, and so like if you can go to the host super regional every year and go to Omaha once every four years. And make a deep run i'm cool with that i don't expect you to go to omaha and be in the final the final four every year but if you but making uh the reports are it's going to be anywhere between 12 and 15 million dollars a year if that's the kind of money you're making that's then those are not nine ten to win those aren't seasons. eight to ten win seasons no those no. are those those are win lose one game and go to a New Year's Six Bowl or be in the playoff numbers. Exactly. And you're you're getting those expectations in the hardest division and the hardest conference in the in the country. Because you're gonna you, we have to deal with Alabama every year. Um, and we gotta deal with the rest of the people in the West. Uh Ole Miss, we'll see what they're gonna be, but Lane is still there. Uh, Arkansas is probably Lane. gonna be. Lane has yeah. said that he's only leaving for the Miami job and doesn't look like they're going to fire Manny Diaz. Yeah. And the, and the Florida State job is also not coming open this year. So we're going to have to deal with Lane. Arkansas is looking to be a tough out. I don't know what to think about Auburn. Uh, we'll see about them. And then not to mention that you got you already draw Florida every year. And if you think Billy Napier isn't dying to kick your ass every year, well, you got something else coming. And if you get through all of that, more than likely, you've got to play Georgia in the. Uh, you've got to play Georgia in the championship, and that's before 
you get to the playoffs. This is it's uh wait, hold on, that's my dad calling. Yeah, bah humbug. That is uh that okay. is too much that that's just it's not a good road. It's not an easy road okay. to the playoff. And playoffs are where you're gonna have to be in order to, to you know save your job and, and be in contention. It's just it's outside of his ex- expectations and it's just kind of wild and crazy. But this is where we're at and I'll be interested to see what the reaction is after the opening press conference, but uh, definitely not a hire that I'm a, a huge fan of. So, uh, so that's that. I just like, that's, that's an obscene amount of money and an obscene amount of pressure to put on anybody, much less a guy who's not got great character. Um, and, you know, it, it's just, it's just going to be fascinating uh, to see what happens from there. Oh, let's see. Uh, Twitter is, you know, he, cause he ghosted everybody. It's let me read this. Yeah. I saw the thing Delger put, I reached retweeted it um, from the source, which is what I tried to do. I retweeted the, the original tweet and had some thoughts because like I said, leadership matters and, and accountability and, and respectability matter. And, for me, that doesn't matter if you're in the church, if you're church leadership or whether you're a workplace leadership, whether you're, at, you know, the head football coach at the university that I went to. Like, I expect, you know, the courage of your convictions. I expect you to be, uh, you know, to have a moral center and to do things that are just and right and to be compassionate and to help other people and to lead by example. That doesn't mean you don't screw up. I mean, Lord knows we're all human and we all screw up, but I'm just in this moment of we don't, like, I'm a politics guy and I get asked all the time, why are you, why do you like politics? Well, it's because I believe in the age old notion of politics as a vocation of government for the people, by the people and with the people and the consent of the idea of the consent of the governed and government doing good for people. And Maybe, as one Nick Fury once said, that's an old-fashioned notion. And maybe it's an old-fashioned notion, the idea that a, a football coach should care about the community and his players and making sure that he's doing right by both. Um, but it's what I believe. And this community needs good leaders. Paul Maneri has been an excellent leader for this baseball program in, in the last 15 years. Uh, Sue Gunner was an excellent representative of this university and of this city and of this state in her time at LSU. Um, Skip Bertman is still a shining light beacon in this state and representative for LSU, both as a former head coach and a former athletic director. Um, There are LSU representatives have been a pillar of the community and have helped the city grow in ways that are leaps and bounds. and there are good men and good women who represent that university and have represented that university with honor, courage, and distinction. And I hate to see what they, the reputation that they've built, be besmirched by a jackass who only cares about winning football games and making himself look good on ESPN. And, you know, you want to do good, start digging into the community, and, and then maybe I'll listen. But until then, just, you know, Take your civil suit, get civil suit, and 
you know, run with it. Well, well apparently he got around to uh, to texting everyone. Um, yeah, got got around to it. Uh, you know, Lincoln at least had a team meeting before he left Norman. Well, and, and again, God, I hate defending him, but uh, in his text, he's saying apparently he wasn't in uh, he wasn't in South Bend. He was out recruiting, <laughs> uh, so he's on his way back to South Bend right now, which is why he couldn't meet with them in person. He's meeting with everyone in person tomorrow at seven freaking a.m. Yeah, which means the press conference is probably tomorrow afternoon too. Um, but yeah, not not a great look. Because that once that gets out, it just does, doesn't look good. At least Lincoln had a team meeting. You know who's coaching Oklahoma in the bowl game? Uh, Bob Stoops. Coach Bob Stoops, the guy who's been sitting on a Fox sports set for the last two years. The guy who stepped aside to make sure Lincoln Riley got the job. Yes. And, we yeah. say all that, this Chad, but in all honesty, the thing is, Ogeron didn't win enough for the search never to matter. People never always held the search and, and all that against him. But if you win and you win at a high level and you win consistently, no one remembers the search. Can you tell me the other names that were battling about in 2005 when they hired Miles? You really remember Jack Del Rio spurning Skip Bertman in a hotel room in Jacksonville? Like, you know, do you remember Terry Bowden sneaking out of, uh, of I, I love seeing Terry Bowden on the sidelines when UL was playing LSU because it was like, here's the guy who was also up for the LSU job 20 years ago. And they chose and they chose Saban over him. And, you know, see how those two career paths have diverged ever since. But, uh, you know, like if you win and you win at a consistent level, they don't remember the guy that finished second. And they don't remember the, 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 the way the search was conducted. You lose, you're a shitty person, you rub people the wrong, wrong way, you double-cross them, that stuff gets stuck to you. O could have survived a whole lot because he had a whole lot of good will burnt, built up after the 19th season. He blew through it all way too quickly. Judgments and decision-making matter. And, you know, you, you got to be if, – if you win and you win at a high level and you're a good person, none of the search will matter. No one will remember that – Lincoln Riley spurned LSU or that, you know, Dave Aranda got a massive contract extension, or you probably won't even know who Mel Tucker is in five years, but right now that's all anybody can think about. Yeah, you're, you're right. I mean, we really, I mean, as we sit here right now, um, damn it. I am, you know, neither one of us are in love with this hire, uh, but the whole the culmination of all these hires in the last three days, like Lincoln Riley, now Brian Kelly, Billy Napier, and we're going to get more because Oklahoma and Notre Dame have to replace coaches. Um, what we really think about these hires will not be determined. I mean, in the old days, it would be like four or five years from now. Now, with everything so sped up, like two to three, two, look at Tom yeah. Herman. Yeah, I was about to split the difference, say two and a half. Um, and we'll we'll see we'll see who's getting fired we'll see who's getting an extension and uh so we'll we'll be here what 2023 probably on the verge of waiting for another spider-man movie and we'll see which one of these coaches are gonna get uh kicked to the curb and we can definitively say then 
well, I guess this was a good hire. Or Scott Woodward needs to be fired along with this guy. Ten-year contracts, man, now the staple. That's nuts to me. Considering <laughs> that Saban signed his first million-dollar contract at LSU after the 03 National Championship. And here we are, you know, 15 years later, 17 years later, and coach, the coach is going to sign a 10-year, $13 million to $15 million a year contract. So one, um, damn it! Um, and so, Darren Ravel, I think he had the he had the tweet that says, I think it was like eighteen years between, not eighteen, maybe like ten. I don't remember. It was a lot of years between the first coach getting one million dollars and then it going to five, and it was like eight when they went from five, five to ten. And then it's been like two since it's been 10 to 15. So uh, the acceleration of this stuff is insane. Absolutely insane. It was something else I want to say, but I forgot what it was. It's a, a nuclear uh, a nuclear proliferation of in, in a, an arms race. Yeah. Same way with all the, it's the same way with all the practice facilities. The, you know, the, the big deal that was made over the at LSU over the sleep pods. You remember that? Like, yeah. Florida's getting ready to build their new one, which is just as as shiny and new texas just upgraded a&m is upgrading like it, it's it's an endless war because it's the biggest revenue generator and so it's a constant war to be the winningest program because the winningest program reaps the most financial rewards and so instead of making 50 million dollars a year off your football program you could potentially make 80 million dollars off your football program alone plus the sec network money so i mean it's just a, a an unending cycle of proliferation that's just just crazy. That's um, I just don't think it's I don't think this amount of money for them is sustainable. But yeah, I lift I laugh at the fact that one of the one of the great you know Hennigriff quotes the middle beginning of the pandemic was well this will harshly affect uh, coaches being fired. Universities won't have the money to play around with anymore. They you won't you'll see longer leashes on coaches. And then here we are, <laughs> ending out ten year. 10-year, $15 million deals. That is, it's, it's cannot be sustainable. Like, I don't know how you cap it. I don't think you can cap it uh, in any, I don't know. I don't know how, but I'm not good with money, so I can't really tell what's you. That, what's, that, what's that old Steve Ballmer line? A team is only worth as much as you're willing to pay for it. Yep, pretty much. Coach is only as much, will, only worth as much as you're willing to pay him. And if you value Brian Kelly's a twelve to fifteen million dollar year coach, that's what you're going to pay him. But my question is, if Brian Kelly is worth twelve to fifteen million dollars a year, what is saving worth? That that's the thing. Like one, once all this um, all this dust is settled, uh, I think Jimmy Sexton is going to look at Alabama and be like, I y'all see all this, y'all know he's worth more than that. Uh, what you what you gonna do to make it right? So, um, Brian Kelly might be the highest paid coach at this moment. He'll probably be, and with Notre Dame and Oklahoma in the mix, I still think he'll end up being hired, being paid more than they will. Yeah, there's there's talk there's talk there's talk of Notre Dame hiring internally. I know everybody I, has already assumed that Luke Fickle's on his way to South Bend, but there has been talk about elevating the guy who who did not take the LSU defensive. Uh, defensive coordinator job two years ago 
being elevated to head coach. So there's an internal candidate there. And Oklahoma's, I think, going to really take a hard look at at, uh, at Mark Stoops over at at, uh, Kentucky. Do you know how upset I will be if I was Luke Fickle and you're going to hire uh, internally when the dude that you're going to hire internally was my defensive coordinator? He came from Cincinnati. And I want this job. I was waiting for Brian Kelly to leave. And I just sent you the guy that's going to make it not happen for me. I would be pissed. But, I mean, that's. Says the guy who had one season at Ohio State in one six games. All right. So that'll about do it for our LSU football coaching podcast. If you want to follow us on Twitter, I am at BCW Tiger fan. At the mystery. Didn't think this was happening. Thank you very much and enjoy the press conference.